This is Real Estate Rookie Show number 31. So if you talk to anybody and everybody, uh, you may come up with somebody that says, oh yes, by the way, I know so-and-so that wants to sell this property. And there you go. That may be your next investment. My name is Ashley Kerr, and I am here with my co-host, Felipe Mejia. And we are so excited to bring you part two of partnerships today. Absolutely. Super excited. And we have Amy and Chris. Amy is a newbie who... The story is awesome. She literally bought a property, went hard money, gained $100,000 in equity, rented it for way more than she expected. I mean, a total home run on her first deal. And she talks about the ups and downs of using hard money and then a contractor not showing up. I mean, it's it's a great story. One of the best things about the the show that we're doing today is they talk about how they do this with a partner. A lot of times we hear the story just from one side and then, you know, there's that silent partner over there. But we have Chris on today who talks about how he's the boots on the ground. He works with the contractors and then his partner, you know, has the line of credit. They handle the bookkeeping, do all of that. So make sure you guys take a lot of value from this if you are looking to do a partnership or if you're looking to grow and expand your partnership. Lots of great advice. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. Are current interest rates making you depressed about cash flow? What if it didn't have to be that way? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller-financed 2.99% interest rate where the average cash flow is over $900 per month. They also have options where you can put as low as 5% down on multiple investment properties with no PMI. Rent to Retirement is the nation's leading turnkey investment company that understands what it takes to be successful in today's dynamic real estate market. Their reputation speaks for itself with more five-star reviews than any other company on the Bigger Pockets website. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence in the markets that offer the best returns. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's rent to retirement.com or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. We know and you all know why it's super important that good tenant screening is absolutely critical to your management process. Luckily, RentReady, the comprehensive property management software, has a new feature that makes tenant screening a complete breeze. In addition to TransUnion certified tenant screening, Rent Ready now offers proof of income verification. So Rent Ready's automatic tenant proof of income verification ensures an in-depth check of each applicant's financial stability and earnings. With Plaid certified tenant income and asset reports, you can see a potential tenant's income summary and total earnings by month. It's time to say goodbye to that whole gut check tenant screening and feel confident renting out your property with Rent Ready. Now, Rent Ready is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. If you're not a pro, they're offering the six month plan for only $1. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like Bigger Pockets, Investor for six months of Rent Ready for only $1. Amy, Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you guys doing? Good, thanks. Doing well. Thanks for having me, man. 
Can you guys just tell, give us a little background about each of you? And then we want to jump right into partnership. So Amy, why don't you go first? Okay. Well, I have only been investing since February of 2020. And my son and I do it together. And so far, we have got three houses that we are burring. Did you say February 2020? I did. February 2020. <laughs> What a great time to start investing in real estate right. right before COVID hit. Wow. I bet you're like, if this is this hard, no wonder no one does it. Yeah, exactly. Chris, what about you, man? Yeah. Name is Chris Lawrence. I've been investing for about three years uh, in, in real estate. I recently left my, my sales job and, and doing this full time. You know, married, uh, no kids running around yet. We invest in you know, Rochester, New York. We flip, do wholesales, rentals, all that sort of stuff. And I'm fangirling a little bit right now to be on the Bigger Pockets podcast because I've you know learned so much from listening before I started, you know, during and and now, you know, over the years. So hopefully I can add some value and uh, insights. How close are yeah. you to Ashley? We are what about hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah. So I've gone to visit Chris before and I've seen one of his flips in progress. And then he came and saw one of my rehabs too. Oh, nice, nice. She yeah. always complains because I get to meet all the all the guests because they're all close to the South. And I think finally she got one. And Amy, I met Amy last weekend too in Seattle. Because yes. nice. <laughs> I'm out here in Yakima, Washington. So You're across the map. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Amy, let's jump in. And the first question I have for you on your partnership is what made you decide to do a partnership? Well, it was basically my son. He came to me and he said, I need to find some write-offs and start investing. And he had listened to a couple of Bigger Pockets podcasts. And he's like, Mom, you've got to listen to this. This is kind of amazing and crazy all at the same time. What's possible out there? And so I listened to that podcast. I was at his house. I listened to that podcast on the way home. And I couldn't wait to get home to call him and say, it's done. We're doing this. And from then on, I have hit the road running. And like I said, we're on our third property now. So before we, before we get into your portfolio and what you chose to invest in and all that, can you give us a little background on yourself? What did you do prior to real estate investing? So both... I, I still have a W-2 job and my son still has a W-2 job also. And I work for a hospital, but I work out of my house. So I do everything remote. And he's an electrical lineman. And I grew up with parents that had rentals, but I didn't have, I wasn't in, I didn't see that much. But all I heard was the negativity from my dad. <laughs> so, and my dad was one of these that wanted to do everything himself. And so, as we all know, if we try to do it ourselves, we just burn, we get burned out really bad. And so that's what happened to him. So when I got to the time to where really I could have started investing when I was younger, I heard that negativity. So I didn't look into it. So thankfully, my son was like, let's do this, mom. That's How did you guys uh, structure your partnership? Did you do an LLC? Is it in your personal names? And how did you decide the equity? Yeah. So we just decided that we were going to do 50-50 and he's kind of the money person. And I take care of, I, I'm like the property management person. And we just have it in the individual names. We don't have it in an LLC as of yet. And then we just kind of divide our duties. You know, I know he's my numbers guy. He runs, you know, we'll both look for properties and then I'll be like, hey, look at this one. And I'll run the numbers too, but he's my numbers man. He's like, you know, get my numbers. He keeps all the receipts, does all the spreadsheets. Whereas I am like more of the boots on the ground. I want to do the renovating. I want to do the decorating. I'm there to check on the contractors. If I have to meet somebody to open the house, that's my job to do. So we have divided, we know what each one of our jobs are. That's that's really important in a partnership because I feel like sometimes people come in and are looking for someone else that's that does what like they're looking for a partner 
who is good with what they do and like, oh, we're both good at Excel sheets or, or we're both good at our numbers. So we're going to work well together. And I think it's quite the opposite. And I love that you said that, like, he's your number guy, your boots on the ground. He's the, you know, he's the receipts guy and you can, you can, you know, um, uh, make a house look pretty and, and able to sell it. Like, I love that because that's really important to identify your strengths and then feed off of that, off of each other. Like, You've accepted. You're probably not the best at an Excel sheet, but you're really good at decorating a home or or doing a flip. So I want I want to kind of I kind of want to jump into that a little bit. If you'll tell us about one of your most recent deals that you that you did with your son, we'd love to hear about it. The the nuts and bolts and and, and everything about it. Well, we bought a three bedroom one bathroom house and decided we were going to turn it into a four bedroom two bathroom. And we were adding a bedroom and a bathroom downstairs in the basement, which at the time, you know, we didn't know anything we were doing. We didn't know how complicated it actually was going to be to add the bathroom downstairs. But it was great because we had all of these obstacles stop us, but we didn't let them stop us. We found a different plan to get around them. So even though we had issues come up, we kept pushing forward and nothing ever stopped us. So it took us five months to pretty much do a full gut renovation on this house. Wow. Five months to do a full reno. That's, that's actually quite fast though. I've seen, I've seen them go a lot slower. So kind of run us through the numbers. What did you buy it for? And, and, and all that information. So we bought it for 135. We put about $30,000 renovation into it. We had it appraised for 103500 more than we bought it for. So that was really exciting and thrilling to us to see that all of that hard work actually did pay off. And I got renters in it about three weeks ago, and we ended up getting a much higher rent than we had expected on it also. So Congratulations. A, that is so awesome. It's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a huge win for our first one. And, you know, it just keeps you pushing forward. And the other thing that it does, since we're talking about partnerships here, is we are actually wanting to find other partnerships to scale our business. So now we can take this win and I'm going to do a portfolio notebook and I can take this with me when I go to find partnerships so I can show that we can do this, that, you know, we have a deal history and it just gives us more credibility with other people. How were you said before that your son is the money guy? So are you guys yes. putting in cash offers or is he going to the bank and getting financing? How are you purchasing these properties right now? So all three properties we have used hard. So he is, yes, he's the money guy. He brings the down payment. We used hard money to get all of these. And so now that we've got the first one completed, we are in the process of doing the refinance and it'll be in his name for refinancing. Okay, so you guys are first-time investors and you got hard money. Yeah, so listen to that, everyone. Like, yes. don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to go out there and try to get money because look at no experience and you got hard money. And I was, when I hear the word hard money, I was terrified. It's like, yeah. oh no, it's like, I, I, I think of loan sharks, you know, it's yeah. like, no, I can't. You're loaning that. from the mafia. <laughs> yes. But I tell you what, the, that getting my hard money loan, our hard money loan for these properties has been a thousand times easier than getting my refinance loan. <laughs> you know, it's interesting you say that, uh, Amy, because I feel like a lot of times investors, when they first start, they are like, oh, bank money. That's the only way to do it. But there's so many other avenues to finance deals. And I always tell them that the financing for me is important, but it really depends on what the deal is. So if I'm like doing a flip, then I'm going to go hard money. If I'm doing buy and hold, then I'm going to get bank financing. So like, I'm not going to try to get bank financing to do a flip because that's going to be really, really difficult. But like, I think you did it exactly the way you're supposed to, which is that you used hard money for a flip that you're doing. I think that's amazing. Good for you. When you and your son went out and looked for the hard money lender, what was the, what was the, 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 the mindset that you had to go find that? So yeah, my mindset was just like, oh gosh, hard money. Okay. And so my son, of course, he's the one that went to find the hard money. And 
in, I was going to say, I don't even know if it took a day to get his credit ran and to get a $500,000 limit on hard money. And he called me all excited and I'm like, $500,000, what? And not that, you know, we're going to use that much because you have to have the down payment, but it was exciting. But I think one of the things that I want our listeners to get from here is that the reason your son wasn't scared to do that was because he had his numbers down. He knew what you were purchasing. He knew the after repair value. You guys lowballed what you thought your rent was going to be. So you ran your numbers correctly. And this is the importance of doing that. So you're not scared of hard money because now you know the outcome, you know, worst case scenario, best case scenario. And I'm assuming you ran, he ran his numbers on worst case scenario. And now hard money is, is, is not as scary as it looks sometimes. So kudos to you guys for that, for sure. Exactly. Right. What is some advice you can give to our listeners today about working with a partner, especially family? Because a lot of times that can lead to problems because it's a lot harder to end a partnership with your family when you don't want to ruin that relationship. Right. I would say trust is the number one thing in any partnership. He has to trust me. I have to trust him. And we just kind of feed off of each other. But the communication is huge also. So I think between trust and communication, if I don't tell him that, oh gosh, uh, the contractor can't be here for two weeks, and then we have an additional two weeks in holding costs that he's not figuring into our loans and our holding and everything, then that's going to increase, I mean, that's going to decrease what we're going to be making in the end. So that communication is key also in a partnership. Has there been any obstacles that you guys have had to overcome, like personal like issues that have come up during this partnership so far? I mean, any disagreements about anything that you guys have had to work through? You know, my son and I are pretty much just alike. We're very laid back. And so, no, there haven't been any issues between us. We kind of feed off of each other, like when we were doing the rehab. I'd be like, oh, I want to knock this wall out and I want to put this in and I want to put this in. And he's like, mom, you're not living here. It's going to be our rental and vice versa. There were things that he would want to do. And I'd be like, well, this isn't our main home. So let's think about that. So we feed off of each other very well. What about dealing with contractors as a beginner? Like what what about dealing with that? Can you give us some juicy stories on how that worked out? Oh boy. Well. For one, we did most of the stuff ourselves on this first house. The second and third house, we're having more people do it. However, a good story was we had to cut the window out of the basement wall to have a legal bedroom down there. And so we had the concrete contracting company coming and right that was the day that COVID hit. (laughs) And so I got there to meet the guy And I saw the truck pull up and he would not get out of his truck. And so then my son calls me and said, where are you at? The company wants to know. They said there are guys there. And I said, yes, but he hasn't got out of the truck. So long story short, we walked up to the truck and he said he wasn't getting out because of COVID. They said that they were sorry that they would send another guy out tomorrow. Well, that is when everything got completely shut down and nobody was doing anything. So here, our plumber was ready to go to install the new bathroom, but our concrete construction company had to cut the concrete from the floor in the basement and the window in order to proceed. We're stuck now. What do we do since they're not going to come back? So therefore, we went and we bought a concrete cutting saw And we cut all of that concrete out of the basement and the wall ourselves. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Pause. Wait, wait. I know those machines. That's a really big blade and a gap. I mean, that's that's really scary. You guys just went to town on your on the side of the house. What did your hard money lender think? What did you even tell them? I hope they probably didn't know. (laughs) That is hilarious. I love that story, Amy. Uh, I hope it turned out well. I'm sure it did. It was, it did. It was awesome. And that's why if there's an obstacle, there's always a way to find a different, there's always a way to get around that. You know, there's always another solution. 
Good for you. I love that. Grind through it, grit through it. And I think that's what differentiates successful real estate investors from those who just, you know, quit. They're like, oh, well, the guy can't cut the hole in it. So I'll just have to wait until, you know, COVID stops and whatever. So they end up, you know, hating the deal. But Amy, let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a selfish question here. What was it going to cost you to make that window in the basement? I think it was like $550 to have the window cut out and the concrete cut in the basement. In the basement. And so, oh, okay. Felipe, it's interesting you asked that question because that is kind of what we base this on. Okay, it's going to cost five fifty for them to cut it out. We went, we bought the concrete cutting saw for five hundred dollars. We put in the hard work and did this ourselves. However, by doing this, we weren't going to have to hold it for another three, four, five weeks. Who knows when businesses were going to open back up? And the main thing that people have to remember is you have holding costs when you have hard money or when you have any loan. So you can't just say, okay, I'm going to wait and sit for five weeks because you are losing money over those five weeks. Therefore, that was an easy decision for us to go down and spend $500 on a concrete cutting saw and put in the hard manual labor and do it ourselves. Plus, you'll always have that saw. You can use it again, or you could right. always resell it probably for, you know, at least half of what you bought it for. Exactly. And memories. We've made memories now. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been you a great a, YouTube video. I just just going to say that. Right? I made a YouTube how-to. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been because our batteries, you know, you could only do like one to one to one and a half minutes cutting through that concrete. And then you'd have to go charge the batteries again. Oh, so wow. we were oh. the whole day there doing other stuff while our batteries were charging and we would run back and forth cutting that out. Oh, that's so Do you funny. guys have an end goal? Like, do you have a certain amount of properties you want to reach a certain dollar amount in equity, a certain cash flow you want to reach together? That's interesting. You, we were just talking about this yesterday. Um, yes, our goal is to get both of us out of our W-2 jobs. And he has two young children. And so we want to make sure that we are both set up and family will be taken care of and set up. As far as a money goal, we haven't you know, set a money a number, but we are wanting to get into our next purchase, which we're looking for right now. We want to start multifamily. And then our ultimate goal is storage units. So oh, that's, very where cool. that's where we're looking to progress to. Very good. That's exciting. What is your next step to reach that goal? So you're looking right now for multifamily. What are some action items you can give our listeners to what they can do to find their next deal, especially working with a partner where you have to take in consideration each one's you know, preference, ideas, strategies, goals? That's kind of where we both look and then send what we find to each other. But we are going to, you know, mail letters. I set and I look, I look at the city maps. And if I see something that looks like a multifamily, it looks like a five, four, you can tell on the maps, the, the ones that are houses and the ones that are bigger multifamily units. So I'll click on those and I will see if I can find the owner's name and address. And if it's an LLC, I'll try and find who owns that and send a letter to them asking if they are you know, interested in selling. And if not, maybe they would know an acquaintance or another business person that's interested in selling. I try to get my name out there to anybody that I can because everybody knows somebody that owns properties. So if you talk to anybody and everybody, uh, you may come up with somebody that says, oh, yes, by the way, I know so-and-so that wants to sell this property. And there you go. That may be your next investment. Good for you. Thank you so much, Amy. Like, I'm so like happy for you when I met you and then like hearing your story about how you did 100000 on your first deal in equity and just that you took the risk of partnering with your son and you went and got hard money. You didn't you didn't take the easy way. You took whatever made this work for you and to get it done. So congratulations. Exactly. And Thank you. I can't wait to see where you go. So and our, our, our second deals are the one we're working on right now is going to be even sweeter than the first. Oh one. my so gosh. That's, that's awesome. really exciting. <laughs> we're going to have to do a follow-up with Amy 
where yeah. she kind of lets us know how that's going. Yeah. Uh, well, Amy, that's that's such an inspiring story. And and that can be the norm for everyone, right? I mean, running your numbers, getting a good partner, finding the deal, and then just getting through it and finishing it on the other side. You know, you're going to have, like Amy, $100,000 in equity and great rent. So Amy, thank you for the story. We are going to go to Chris now. He introduced himself a little bit earlier. And I hear a little bit about him. Chris, if you'll give us a little bit of background on yourself, what's your portfolio look like, what you do, give us, give us, give it, get it all. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, thanks so much. Um, yeah, so we currently, you know, I've done, like I said, about investing in like three years. Uh, we have done about 15 to 20 deals at this point. I don't really know uh, how much, but it's, it's pretty much been a combination of like wholesales, flip and rentals. We currently have six buy and hold rentals. And yeah, just just uh, keeping that marketing machine going, and and like I said, I, I do it full time now, so it's keeping the pipeline full with deals. So that that's uh, what our our situation looks like currently. So when you started, Chris, did you start right off with a a partnership, or did you start on your own and then take on a partner? Yeah, so I started on my own. Like my first, I'd say four or five deals, I did it on my own, and quickly realized, okay, I I had limited capital. I wanted to do this so I could scale it and and leave my sales job. Um, so I, you know, uh, at the time, I, I think I had only done one or two deals. I met with my business partner, which is my wife's uncle and his brothers and, and my wife's dad, and and told them kind of like what I was doing. And, and they're like, yeah, we think, you know, that sounds good. You're a trustworthy kid. And, but you know, you haven't done it yet. Um, you know, so I had no proof of concept that I could do it. Then fast forward after I did, you know, a handful more deals, Andy, who is now my business partner was like, I think there's something to this. I, I would love to you know partner with you. And, and he had, uh, what I didn't have, he checked all the boxes. Like he had the, the liquid uh, capital. He had, you know, like the business acumen, like profit and loss and different stuff where it, you know, my weaknesses were his strength and vice versa. My strengths were his weaknesses. Like I have you know, proof of concept. I have, you know, know how to work with contractors, networking, you know, working with, you know, just getting deals and then getting it from point, point one to all the way to the end. So, you know, it worked out well. Chris, before we get into too much of that, if I remember correctly, you're getting a great interest rate and in your own checkbook correct as part of this deal. <laughs> yeah, we're 50-50 partners and he has a HELOC, so it's a home equity line of credit mm-hmm. that we can draw from and you know, we borrow money anywhere from like 4 to 5%. So, as Amy mentioned, you know, holding costs can eat you up over you know, the more time you hold on to it and 4 or 5%, um, that's pretty much like free money. So, we're, you know, super excited to be in that position and we can with that interest rate, we're able to buy deals maybe a little closer to the number that we'd want to, uh, just because we're not paying that much in, in interest. Let's talk about the HELOC situation there, Chris, because I love this strategy. And I think it's so underappreciated, underrated, whatever you want to call it. It's not sexy, right? It's not cool. It's not the, oh, I went and got hard money. And it's just the HELOC just doesn't seem to be as as interesting. But I love this strategy. And matter of fact, I have a rental property that's completely paid off for the simple fact that I want to be able to reuse that money for flips and, and wholesale deals and, and whatever the case may be. And you kind of become your own banker with a HELOC. So can you kind of dig into it a little more, how you use the HELOC to you guys' advantage? Yeah, the, the HELOC, like I look at it, like it just gives you the most velocity of your money. So like say, you know, your your home is worth a hundred grand, it's it's paid off. You can then borrow typically 80% of that. So you'd have $80,000 essentially to deploy at any time and you know, once you say you use that eighty thousand, you start paying interest on that. But you can make monthly payments until you if you're flipping until you sell a property. Like if we were when we buy a property and sell it, it's usually four months. So you pay four months of interest on that eighty thousand dollars. You pay it back, and then you can kind of rinse and repeat. It just it gives you the most, in my opinion, gives you you know great ability to to buy a property kind of with cash, and it's very convenient, and you know it stays open as long as you keep it open with banks. And what's cool is you don't you don't have to draw it completely. Like you can draw as much as you want up to the limit and then pay it off as you need. And then some of them are interest only. So that's really good as well. And one of the other things that I like about the home equity line of credit is that you can purchase property at better prices because you are an all cash buyer, right? So let's say that someone has a hundred thousand dollar home for sale on the MLS. And you're like, oh, I'm going to go off for 90,000 cash, none of the contingencies. And someone offers 100,000, the full amount, but with like contingencies of the bank and this and appraising and all that. 
I, as if I was the seller, I would go quickly with the 90 grand cash, quick close, get out of there in two weeks. So I think like you even have more leverage using a HELOC strategically, of course, you want to use it running your numbers and things like that. So I think that's an excellent strategy. How do you guys handle using HELOCs, refinancing, paying them back and, and that the, the back end part of the strategy? Yeah. So, so far we've only done flips with the HELOC. So after we buy the property with the HELOC and then sell it, we pay back the HELOC with all the interest. And then we currently have a duplex that we bought that we have a combination of the HELOC and then some, just some private money. We're going to keep that, you know, just keep paying the, the monthly payments on that until, you know, for a variety of reasons, there's tenants in there and we don't necessarily want to refinance until we the tenants either move out or you know they decide to leave and then we rehab it and then we'll do a cash out refi. Um, but yeah, just paying paying the, the payments for the flip and then for the you know rental, just pay those monthly payments. How do you guys decide which one because the, the buy and hold units are yours only, correct? Mm-hmm. How do you decide for a property? Is it gonna go to the flip side or is you gonna keep it for yourself for a buy and hold? So I I have my own rental properties, but you know now going forward with this new partnership starting in January, anything we buy is is through our partnership. So we bought a duplex, you know that we that we bought with the HELOC, like I mentioned before. And really, like when we get a lead in, like we'll just put it through the funnel. Like, okay, is this a, a good wholesale? Is this a good rental? Is this a good flip? And then we again, Andy just kind of says, Chris, what do you want to do? I kind of say, hey, this is what I think we should do. He trusts me, and then we, you know, pull the trigger on it and, and go forward. So that's that's how we handle that. I think that's smart because a lot of times people will buy a deal with the wrong goal in mind, which is why it doesn't work out, right? Every property I think in real estate has a great goal behind it. This is a great property to flip. This is a great property to buy and hold, and it depends on location. There's a lot of criteria that goes into it. But it's really important to know that and identify what that property is going to be used for. That way you can decide what kind of financing you're going to use, what kind of deal it's going to become, right? So like I wouldn't use a HELOC to buy a buy and hold property, for example, unless I had the goal to refinance it right after. I would probably use my HELOC to do a fix and flip where I can sell it and then pay off the HELOC and then reuse that money again. So every property has a definition goal behind it and it's your goal as an investor to find that out. And that way you can successfully use the right financing successfully, you know, know what you're going to do with that property. How's it going to affect you guys' partnership goals? So I think that's, I think that's, that's a great strategy to use. Chris, sorry, I didn't even ask you, do you have a deal in mind that you want to kind of run through that you've successfully done with one of your partners? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're currently working on one right now. So yeah, this is a fix and flip in in Greece, New York, uh, right in Rochester. So we actually got this lead through networking with a probate attorney. He sent one of his clients to us and we were able to meet the lady that owned the house. Her sister had passed away. So, and she lived out of state. So she just wanted to sell kind of quick and it was a hoarder house. It seems like all the houses I bought in the past few months have been just hoarder houses. So we're kind of used to that at this point, but we're able to come to an agreement on price and you know something that worked for her and worked for us. We bought it for 55,000, put about 35,000 in, in rehab and repairs. And you know we've owned it for about 30 days. So we're actually going to list it beginning of next week. So end of September. And uh, we're going to list it for one nineteen nine, so we should make right around that twenty to thirty thousand dollar mark, which we shoot for on our flips as a kind of a, a mark to, to aim for. That's great. How do you guys do? You guys do an LLC, a joint venture? How do you structure that? Do you have an operating agreement? Yeah, so we have a fifty fifty partnership, and we have an operating agreement which we you know drew up with our attorneys, and I think. Before we even did any of that, like I, I think Amy alluded to a little bit, right? It's okay. Do we have similar, you know, core values, beliefs, goals? Like, are we good communicators? Because things pop up, and some sometimes things good, sometimes things not so good, and you just you work through them, and, and you got have an understanding of like, okay, this is what we do, and and I think that's what can can really make a partnership great, or kind of go the other way. So so far, so good. 
That's awesome. And I want to bring up a story that you had told me before about before you had a partner and days before your wedding, you had put the money <laughs> from, for your wedding into a deal and you your contractor didn't show up and you had to tile your own bathroom. So if that something like that happened now where a contractor quit and you had to finish a job because you needed that money, would how would you handle that with your partner? Would you still be the one going out and doing that? Would you and your partner both be there working? Yeah. So hopefully that never comes up again because that was a super <laughs> stressful time. But um, if yeah, if, if that came to it, uh, you know, I would uh, more than likely just go tie it or or find a new contractor to do it. Just because I said Andy, his role is really uh, providing the finances, the business acumen, really just giving me a different perspective. So it would, you know, again, it, it comes back to those clear expectations and what are my roles, what are his roles, and I'm sure if, if I needed to ask him, he would help. But um, we could we could get it done and, and get it to the finish line. That is really important defining your roles ahead of time before a situation or scenario comes up like that because it will be very easy to get into this mindset. Well, I'm doing more work than you, or you're not doing as much as me, but we're 50-50. So having those clear defined roles ahead of time and written down. So what goals do you guys have? Do you have like a end date? Uh, what do you guys want to reach with this business? Yeah, it's it's funny. We just had a meeting the other day and we're like, you know, we're not as far along as we'd like in terms of, you know, we wanted to flip 12 this year. I think we'll probably be close to the six, seven. So it's it's partly like, I don't want to put too much on it. Like, could it be some of COVID or, or this or that? So it's like, okay, let, let's give it another year. Like our, our ultimate goal down the road is I want to be able to do 24 flips in a year. So, so two a month, making that, that $25,000 profit mark to, to make it work for a partnership, right? Because mm-hmm. we talked and like, okay, if, if we can't get to that, you know, maybe down the road, it doesn't make sense to the partner. I could do one deal a month, you know, a month on my own, but it's really just want to grow this bigger and, and make it something where we can all benefit from it. So it's it's really like, okay, if, if we can get to that 24 deal mark, we'll continue to keep doing this. And I think even if we get to that 12 deal mark a year, I think we'll continue to keep growing and see where we're at. Um, and, and again, it's, you, you never know what, how the partnership will shape out, but it's like, we always have that constant communication and dialogue of like, okay, this is what we're doing. And so far, so good. Chris, let me jump in here real quick. What was the biggest learning curve that you would say when starting a partnership with someone? Yeah, the the biggest learning curve I would say is figuring out because I work a certain way and my partner is a different type personality. So just figuring out how how we work well together, you know, his strengths, my 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 strengths, and vice versa, and just really having that communication and great partnership because at times it can be challenging for sure. What about you had mentioned that you and your partner might split up if you can't reach the goals that you want and might be better to go in separate ways. Can you elaborate a little more on that so that maybe some people realize they don't need a partner and when does it not make sense to take on a partner? Yeah. So, yeah. So my first started, we're like, okay, we want to do this and we want to do 24 flips in a year and had some good success before we started with the partnership. And these deals were off market. And so I'm like, oh, shoot, we can easily do that with marketing and learning this whole machine on how to do that. And it's been a little slower, to be honest. And you know, I don't know if that's with COVID, like I mentioned, or um, what the case is, but we're like, okay, like if we can get the 24 flips and make our number to where we both can make what we want and, and make the money and have the lifestyle we want, and we'll continue to do it. If not, maybe we, we split off and, and just do some deals together, different stuff like that. So it's really just I think it really just comes back to that that communication piece and like okay here's here's what I want to do and I, I left my my sales job to do this full time you know I was making you know six figures had all the benefits and you're learning as you go right I just I'm type a ready fire aim person and I'm like let, let's let's give this a go and, and you know worst case scenario you can I can go back to a sales job and do four or five flips because I've learned so much that I can make money on the flips and stuff that you can't ever take away. So, so yeah, so at this point we're like, let's give it a year and see what we can accomplish. And so far so good. So I, I think we'll, uh, we'll be in a good spot come a year from now. I would agree. I think you guys are going to crush it. I think you and Amy are perfect examples of starting out and then already in the, in the middle of it, but running your numbers and the importance of other people in your deals and just working well together. And and I think this is going to be a good segue for moving on to the second part of our show, 
where we're going to ask you about an MVP. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Whether you need to buy or sell or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes to help you see new homes first. And they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like so you can find the home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours, even the same day, with a local Redfin agent who can help guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to help get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. We know, and you all know, why it's super important that good tenant screening is absolutely critical to your management process. Luckily, RentReady, the comprehensive property management software, has a new feature that makes tenant screening a complete breeze. In addition to TransUnion certified tenant screening, RentReady now offers proof of income verification. So RentReady's automatic tenant proof of income verification ensures an in-depth check of each applicant's financial stability and earnings. With Plaid certified tenant income and asset reports, you can see a potential tenant's income summary and total earnings by month. It's time to say goodbye to that whole gut check tenant screening and feel confident renting out your property with Rent Ready. Now, Rent Ready is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. If you're not a pro, they're offering the six month plan for only $1. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP like Bigger Pockets Investor for six months of Rent Ready for only $1. Someone that's been super great in your real estate investing, someone who's been a positive influence. So Amy, I'm going to start with you. Who has been someone that's an MVP in in your investing so far? I would have to say my mentors and my mastermind groups that I'm in. I have two mastermind groups that I'm in and that I follow. And my mentors are awesome. But not only that, in my mentorship, in the mastermind, I learn so much just from the other people that are in there also. So, you know, I would say that just having somebody that you can go to with questions at any time is huge for me. I agree. I think that's really important. The power of having a community around you that's going to support you when it just hits the fan because it's going to happen and you want to be able to ask questions or you want to be able to reach out to someone that maybe has had that situation happen to them. So I think that that's a great answer. Not even just asking questions, but the accountability too. having somebody. Exactly. And, th- and that's what's nice about having partners too, is that you can hold each other accountable. Chris, what about you? Who would be your most valuable player that has helped you uh, succeed in your real estate business? Yeah, there's there's been so many people and, and having a good network of people. But in particular, uh, when I first started, I met one of just a, a girl I went to school with. Her dad invests in real estate. He'd done it for 20 years and still continues to do it fix and flips and that sort of stuff and was a- actually able to connect with him. And, and now when we first started, he was my mentor, but now we're friends. We talk pretty regularly and 
like, like you said, like things pop up, different stuff. He's like, yeah, you, that's, that's fine, but you gotta, you, you know, you can do this and you know, have different exit strategies. And he just gives you insight and kind of can calm the, the nerves and anxiety and things that you go through because investing in real estate, when you first start, there's so much emotional and there's so much of a mental side to it of real estate, like a mindset. And it's just great to connect with someone that can, can, kind of shoot you straight and give you insights into real estate. Because if I was to ask my parents or someone else that doesn't invest, they can't, might not give me the best advice. So it's super important to have a good mentor. Chris, when you went and first talked to him, was he annoyed? Was he bothered? Or was he excited and passionate to find someone else to talk to real estate about and happy yeah. to help you? Yeah, he, he was super excited because it's like, you're a real estate investor. So you love talking real estate and you just can help people out. And like, for me, like people will reach out to me on Instagram and I love to help people out. Like if I can give them advice, I will certainly you know give them advice. And, and again, I give them my perspective and yeah, he was super, people love to talk real estate. If you li- like to invest in real estate, your chances are, if you're genuine and have a great approach, people are going to be open to giving you, you know, insight. Have you done anything to provide value to him? A lot of people say, you know, if you're looking for a mentor, make sure that you're providing something back in return for them helping you. Yeah, like just if he needed something out of one of his flips or just needed me to do something, we would meet up and, and link up and, he, you know, just certain tasks that he'd ask, you know, we would, I'd, I'd try to help him out in any way I could and, and not be a, you know, burdensome and just, hey, do you, do you need help or what are you going through? We would call and connect and, yeah. I think a lot of times it's really important to just make yourself available. You can allow yourself to be available to the people that you want to get mentorship from or help from. I think that's super, super crucial. And then showing up to meetings is also really important. <laughs> if you follow me on Instagram, you know this story. <laughs> just showing up. That's half the battle. Okay, let's move on. So let's go let's to go. the rookie request line. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> no, Ashley. What if I wanted oh. to take it somewhere else? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, go ahead. So if you guys want to call it into the rookie request line, it is one eight 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 five rookie. So today's question for Amy is: Hey, it's Amber from Tampa. My question really is: like, I'm very, very rookie, so I'm very new into the real estate gig. I want to learn more and I'm more of a hands-on learner. So I definitely want to be able to find a mentor or something in my city. And I have looked through bigger pocket forums and things like that. My question is to be able to gain more hands-on experience. I do have a full-time job. How do I navigate those hours and be able to still work on the side? Because my hours, I feel like, are very inconvenient for people that might want to help me or train me or mentor me. Do I need to give up my job and maybe find a different job in the real estate field? Or do you think I can still keep my job and navigate this real estate gig? Thank you so much. Well, my advice, I would try and find a contractor. And like my mentor always tells me, go to Home Depot, open at six o'clock in the morning. Go to Home Depot, and look at all of the trucks in the parking lot. There are so many contractors, electricians, you know, you are going to get numbers from there. And just start calling and tell them what you're wanting to do. And like Ashley said, try and bring value. Don't just go and say, well, I want you to show me this. Why do you want to? Tell them what your goal is. Tell them what your why is and ask them what you can do for them to help get information. And like, go work for them. Tell them you'll go work on the job with them for free for, you know, take a couple days of vacation. I mean, whatever you can do, what, when they see that you're willing to do something for them, then they're more likely to do something for you. Single ladies, I just want to say that this is also a way to find a partner mm-hmm. for free is by going to Home Depot and finding a contractor who will do your rehabs for you. <laughs> now, Ashley, why do you think I'm at Home Depot every morning? <laughs> <laughs> Amy's not trying to I just find it. a contractor. She's trying to bring home a man. I can't with y'all. Both of y'all. Chris, we're going to go do our own podcast on our own. We're going to go do our own thing. Oh, that's hilarious. I love that. Okay, so let's move on to Chris's rookie request line. 
Hello, my name is Connor from New England, more specifically Rhode Island. And we have a very hot market up here right now where properties off the MLS are showing very low returns. My question for you guys is, do you think that it would be acceptable for me or a good option to go through a wholesaler that's already flown me some pretty good deals, get a hard money lender involved, and then refinance out for the low interest rates that we're seeing at the time? Or is that something that's a little bit too risky for a newbie like myself? Thank you. Yeah, I think it really, all this comes back to like, do the numbers make sense for your criteria? Like if it's, for example, like if it's a rental and you want to make $200 in cash flow, you know, doing the rehab, paying the wholesaler after buying the property, does it meet your criteria? So I guess it has to meet your criteria and your numbers, you know, because you can find a deal anywhere, you know, whether it's your wholesaler or, or off market. But just make sure the numbers work. And when I first started, someone told me a, a really important, you know, kind of lesson that's is still stood with me today is don't like count count the wholesalers' money, like whether they make 10, 15, 20 grand. Like if if the numbers work for you, you know, buy the deal and kind of congratulate the wholesaler. Like, man, that's a great deal. Like, bring me more type stuff. So I'd say it has to make the numbers have to make sense for whatever that is, if it's a flip or a rental. So I would agree. I think as long as you are running your numbers, that's crucial. And like we said earlier in the show, it's really important to run your numbers based on what that deal should and and is going to be. Is this going to be a burr? Is this going to be a flip? Is this going to be a wholesale? And run your numbers based on that. And there should be no no reason to be scared of of uh, getting a hard money lender. Amy, perfect example, 100000 in equity. Everyone at the table made their money. The lender made their money. Amy made her money, her partner made her money, her son. So it, it, I think that's the key to real estate. If, if if there's a secret sauce to real estate, it has to be that everyone wins. And if everyone wins, it's a happy transaction all the way around. Okay, so let's move on to our random questions. We're going to ask two questions to each of you today. Uh, they can be a little bit real estate related, maybe not. Felipe and I really just pick them randomly as we are going. <laughs> so I'll start. I got I got one ready. So Chris and Amy, I'm going to ask you both the same question. Amy, if you want to go first, let's see. What is one thing you should have in your partnership agreement that isn't the norm? So like for one thing I always recommend is having life insurance policies on your partner. Okay, so is there anything else, even if you don't have it in your agreement now, something that you would do in the future to put into your operating agreement to maybe save some trouble down the road? Uh, What would you say? I was actually going to say life insurance. Oh, I'm sorry. I stole it. No, that's that's okay. Explain to everyone the benefit of doing that. Well, even though my partnership is with my son, you never know what's going to happen. And whoever, you know, we're looking to scale now. So when we get partnerships with somebody else, I don't know their family. I don't know their wife. I don't know their children. And if something were to happen to them, I don't want to be the burden and say, okay, well, there's still a business to run. We still have all this other stuff that we have to take care of. So by having life insurance, you can just say, okay, I'm going to, here's the life insurance. I'm going to basically cash them out. And then I will become 100% owner, 100% vested on those properties so they don't have to worry about them anymore. So for me, that's one of the biggest things that I would say is having life insurance and, and just having an agreement. Yeah, and it's a benefit to you and it's a benefit to your partner's family too because a lot of times they don't want to have to take on a, a rental property too. Right. So yeah, thank you for sharing and explaining that. Chris, what about mm-hmm. you? What's something you think is really important to have in the the operating agreement with your partner that might may not be the norm? Yeah, I'd say, you know, obviously you have the boilerplate operating agreement. And I think, you know, we don't have this, but I think if you're gonna, it might be helpful like to have like what your roles are and state like, okay, this these are the clear expectations and, and what what you want to do because the way I might think of something might be different how my partner interprets it. So if it's on paper and you guys agree on it you know, that you could kind of just refer back to that operating you know, agreement as a, as a manual. And, and that could, I could see prevent stuff that, you know, issues down the, down the road. Yeah. I really like that. And one thing I like to do too, is add like 
almost prices on there. So like, okay, whoever's acting as the leasing agent, they may get paid this amount. Or if someone's doing the maintenance, this is the hourly pay they're going to get on top of their their equity. So for someone who really is concerned about like, I know it's not going to be 50-50, I don't want to do a partnership, then do it that way. Like get out, write a pay scale for those extra jobs and what that person's going to be paid. Then like my partner and I, we are 50-50 and we used to do everything 50-50 and now everything's just given out to property management. So that solves that too. You can also outsource as much as possible. But yeah, that's a great advice to write out the job description of those roles. Yeah, I Felipe, agree. You want to ask your question? Sure. I want to know from both of you guys, um, what is what is one... And, and I love this question because I think it adds a lot of value to people. What is one piece of technology that you've used to continue growing your business and that's helped you tremendously in what you do with your partners? Chris, I want to know something about uh, finding deals. What are you using? <laughs> Yeah. So finding deals we're doing, you know, and that's always evolving, you know, we're, you know, shaking out what works and doesn't work, but right now, so we're really focusing in on online marketing. So like your SEO search engine optimization, we're doing pay-per-click. We actually started doing a radio commercial. So we're we're doing that for the first, you know, three months. So for us, it's building that credibility and kind of that, have that celebrity feel when you hear me on the radio, then you go to our website so, so building all of that out, because I, I th- a, lot, a lot of times, like we were doing text message marketing and, and people get a lot of deals through that. But people like for me, it didn't ca- kind of went against what I believe in. People were kind of angry and sassy and not really like happy to, to, to hear from us. And they're like, you're a real estate investor. Are you re- even real? You know, so a lot of that building credibility and building that trust and authority. Um, so when they see us on the website and all that, they already know what we're, what we do, what we're about, our core values, and just normal people that genuinely want to help you out. I actually saw one of your ads on Facebook this morning because it was the same background (laughs) that you have right now. Yeah. (laughs) It was good. It looked really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Amy, what about you? What piece of technology would you say? Well, we're so new that we're still trying to incorporate our systems down And so I would say my first, when I got on the MLS, I just Mm -hmm. saw it that day and knew I had to offer on it. But our second ones, we actually sent letters out to non-occupied owners. And that's how we got our deals, our deal on our second one. And how did you find those non-occupied owners? Did you buy a list? Yes, we bought a list, but this time we're not. This time I'm going to be hands-on. And like I said earlier, I'm just looking at my plat map for my city, pulling up whatever looks like a multifamily to me, getting that phone number, that name, and either sending a letter, sending a text, doing a cold call. That's what we're doing that's what we're doing now to find our multifamily that we want. And then Amy, when you get those properties or you talk to them, I'm assuming then you tell your son, Hey, this is probably a good one. Run like you guys run the numbers together. And then kind of the ball starts rolling. Is that about right? Yeah. Kind of like if we get a call back, like he was the one that got the call last time. And so he's like, Hey, look at this. I looked at it. Yeah. I like it. I ran the numbers. He ran the numbers. Yep. It looks good. And so then we make contact with the owner and just, we started talking back and forth and that's when we made the offer. So yeah, we'll do the same thing. I don't know if he'll get the call or I'll get the call. We will decide that and then filter them out, run our numbers. And if the numbers look good, then start in the offering process. Amy, Great. Thank Chris, you guys so much yeah. for sharing that. <laughs> can you guys uh, tell us where we can find out some more information about you, where people can reach you, see where all your deals are going on? Amy, you want to go first? Yeah. Okay. I'm Amy Swayze. I live in Yakima, Washington, and you can find me on Instagram at Amy Swayze. Okay. And Chris, what about you? Yeah, uh, very active on social media platforms, namely Instagram. So it's uh, Chris uh, Flips Rock. So C H R I S Flips Rock R O C. And I'll give my website in the show notes. You can check out the website and certainly DM me or ask me any questions. Would love love to help and add value any way I can. Great. And what's your uh, website, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Website is www.helpinghomesrei.com. 
Great. Awesome. Well, thank you guys very much for being on the show today. We loved hearing about your partnerships and this is going to air pretty soon here. So I'm sure there will be lots of questions for you guys in the Facebook rookie group. So if you guys haven't joined yet, make sure you search real estate rookie on Facebook and join the group. And Chris and Amy will be in there to answer more questions you guys have. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Ashley at Wealth from Rentals, and this is my co-host Felipe at Felipe Mejia, REI. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals. Enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and boom, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. There's free resources only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.